Amen, church. What an awesome day. The weather's amazing. Hopefully the ground will dry out. Hopefully if you parked in the grass, you can go home and not get stuck. <laughs> right? Like, we'll, we'll remember these days fondly, they say. Right? Uh, man, what a mess that parking lot is. But uh, man, thank you for coming and thank you for uh, calling Refuge Church home. What, a, what an awesome uh, joy it is to do church with you, to, to gather weekly and, and spend time together. As Stacy said, uh, so many people this week, not just those from Genesis, have, have signed up for a crew. And I'm just, I'm proud of you, church. I'm proud of you when, when you respond to the Lord, right? We present uh, issues or a problem or something to focus on, and then the Lord ministers to you, and then you respond. I just love how God does that. Like 16 of you responded to fill 47 positions, like superstars, right, for the Lord, and to be able to uh, serve is cool. I also want to say before we jump into a new sermon series, I'm just hearing story after story of people being workplace missionaries, right? Going out into the community and just being the hands and feet of Jesus. Look, don't let that stop now. All right, these, these lessons that we learn from the Lord, they're not like, let's just do this for a month. The idea is that we stack on and keep stacking. And what, what happens is we grow and mature along the way. And so just take these principles and continue. Well, today... We kick off a new sermon series uh, titled Restoration, Restoration. Some, some people feel like this old car out in the desert, right? It's been a little while since you've been shown some love, right? You, you, maybe, you're, maybe you're in a dry season. Maybe it's, those, man, this is, life is just hard. Uh, maybe you're not in a hard season, but you can relate because you have been in a hard season. Uh, maybe you know another difficult season is coming because we know as Christians, it's this life cycle of highs and lows, right? The top of the mountain and the lows of the valley. And so what happens is we have to restore ourselves and we have to submit uh, like this car in the graphic here to be restored, to bring it back to its original condition. You know, God created you to live a life likely much different than you're living today, right? He created mankind to live a life free of sin, but yet because of our flesh and our choices, we all sin and we fall short of the glory of God. And so because of our sin, we need to be what? Restored. We need restoration in our life. There are harsh environments that degrade your original condition. We sometimes uh, find ourselves or put ourselves in environments that aren't good for us. And they deteriorate our soul. They deteriorate our flesh. And we need to come back to the Savior who's what? Whose arms are wide open and ready to do a mighty restorative work in your life. And so we're going to go there this month. Some of you need to simply change your environment. That's a hard one. 
right? You, you, maybe you need to move out of the desert lands and into the shop so that you can be restored. But the problem is uh, you want to look like physically and spiritually, you want to look like my neighbor's car, the 1956 Mint Bel Air. Come on, let's look at that for a moment. Isn't that beautiful? Just incredible. Like, man, every time the Ivies pull that car out, I'm kind of like, I just stand there and just look across the street like, oh, man, can I, can I just look at the inside? You, you want to be like this. You want your Christian life to be something people look at and go, oh, man, that looks good. But here's what you don't realize in the year 2000, that car started to be restored, and they had to take parts off of it. The doors had to come off. The windows came out. You strip it down to its frame. And this is the part that nobody wants to go through to get to the part that's worthy of looking at. Not only did they have to take parts off, they had to restore the engine. They had to take the engine and say, this is the heart of the car. And so they take and they focus on this part of the car and it's our heart. We need the heart transplants. We need to restore our hearts. We need to take some parts of our life off and we need to say, Lord, will you replace some of these parts that are in me that aren't very good and don't look like your son, Jesus Christ. And so that I can become what? I can become like this. You see the visual? doesn't matter where we are today, we have some parts that need to come off. We need to be restored. We need the troubles of the past to be worked on. And the good news is I know an awesome soul mechanic. If you're willing to submit to the process of restoration, which is rarely pretty, it's often dirty. Parts are hard to find. Come on, mechanics. But when the Savior gets a hold of the broken pieces and parts of your life and your soul and your body, and he starts to chisel and he starts to sand and he starts to put some pieces back together, something beautiful happens. Some of you need God to restore you from the problems of your past. You're hanging on to that old rusty fender. It's no good anymore. And the reality is you need to let that fender go. You need to let that peace, that friend, that hurt, that disappointment, that lack of forgiveness, you need to let that go because God has a better part to replace it with. The problem is we get so comfortable and used to our broken, torn out, messy parts that we don't want to part with them. Have you seen the Christians like that? You've seen them. Even, even non-believers or believers alike, sometimes you can see some things and you go, you know, that's just not very good for you. That choice or that decision to keep holding on to this peace, it's not very good for you. If we could just submit 
and see what God has. The psalmist writes this. I love it in the New Living Translation. It says, you have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will what? Restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. You ready to be restored? Are you ready to realize and admit that maybe you're like this car in the desert? Maybe, maybe, there's, maybe, you're, maybe you're pretty put together. And on, the, on a Christian scale, you're, you're so worthy. The problem is we all have a dark side and we all have pieces. Even that beautiful car, the ivies have to get out there and wash it and wax it and polish it and take care of it. And there's always something to do. Not one of us have arrived to the point to where we can't say, I need to submit to the garage, the workplace of my Savior, and pull in for a tune-up, pull in for a change, and see what God does. Church, can we enter a a restoration phase? Can you enter? Can we take some parts off, and can we look underneath the hood? It's a great timing with our groups starting again because it's awesome as we get into smaller groups and we sit in circles instead of rows uh, and you all start discussing different topics in different groups. That's a look under the hood to say, where am I? What conversations are gonna happen in your groups over the next 14 weeks or so that you're like, man, I didn't realize this was happening in my life. I didn't realize I needed to focus on these parts. Can we stop with the spiritual bondo and duct tape, right? Can we just stop faking all that everything is fine and you've got it all figured out? There's not one of us that's there. We all need to submit and say, look, I'm, I'm done faking these parts. I'm not okay. And that's okay, right? We're going to restore some pieces. We, we can see it. I can see the spiritual bondo in some of your lives. Come on. You think you're hiding it? Come on. But you think you're, you're good, but you're not that good, right? Your neighbors and your friends can see what you're doing, and it causes strife in your relationships and it causes some split. Let's just this month submit to just being real. Walk into those groups uncomfortable for the first time and then just sit down there and go, man, this is really nerve wracking for me, but I want to submit to sharing life with other people and see what God does as we live in biblical community. He'll change your life. But we have to start with the heart. You have to start here. You have to start today as we embark on this restoration journey with saying, Lord, I want you to see my heart first, the engine. Can we start there? The psalmist writes, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All you who hope in the Lord. Lord, will you strengthen my heart? Strong hearts that are full of the word and the Lord, give the mind something to draw from that's healthy, 
then the body starts to act and respond differently. You're tired of living, <coughs> excuse me, the way that you've been living? Heart. Focus on, on your heart. Are you hoping for restoration? It'll strengthen your heart if you hope for it. If you say, Lord, I, I have so much hope to not be who I am today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, the end of this semester, I just wanna be more like you. Maybe today you're like, I'm in a good place. Fantastic, fantastic. Enjoy <coughs> that place because the reality is you're, you're, you've got a valley coming up or the mountain has a higher peak. Like we're always moving one way or the other. Today, I'm gonna start this sermon series with a message titled, yeah, thanks, sinus issues still, right? Restoring identity, restoring identity. Some of you, some of you don't know who you are. Restoring identity. Ike White over there, he's like, yes, identity. We're going to talk about identity. Man, my, Ike and I have such great conversations. And man, you want to you talk about identity. You go spend some time with him. This is, his, this is his specialty. If you don't know who you are, you will struggle to see your full potential. Satan will continue to tell you who you aren't. And you won't hear God tell you who you are because you haven't submitted to restoring your identity. Well, you may feel like a rusted out car alone in the desert today. The reality is you are far from that. You are restorable. You, God can, with his touch, make you totally change from the inside out. But once that happens, there's this process of restoration. God will heal you from your ailments and diseases. God will heal you from your, your thoughts and your anxiety and your worry. And then when that happens, you will transition your life into how you used to live and to how you live now. Genesis 1.27, very early in the Bible says, so God created mankind, what? In his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Yep. Maybe a little rabbit trail for a minute. Male and female, he created them. Two options, y'all. That's two options. Don't, don't let the world tell you any different, right? That's how he created you, right? Any or Audi, that's it. That's how you can tell. <laughs> Am I lying? All right, just, just for the confused folks in the room. You are worth restoring. You're worth restoring, male and female, man and woman alike. You are worth the restoration process. We have tools here to help you at Refuge Church. Serve on a crew. You start becoming friends with people. Then you start texting them and you start enjoying and doing life together. It'll change the way you see things. Jump in a group. Like, what are you waiting for? If that doesn't work, we've got an amazing counseling center that's available for you that you can find, the, look, the, the, the mind, right? Your heart's stuck. Oh, you, sometimes you got to backflow it, right? Change your mind to fill your heart with the, with the word. Like God can do mighty work in you. Like don't hesitate saying, I need some help here. I need some, I need some help. Today, I want you to consider a few things though when it comes to restoring 
your identity. The first thing that you have to look at and you have to figure out and you have to write down is who am I? Who am I? Everyone should be asking ourselves this question. Lord, who am I? Lord, Lord, who who am I? Because if you're made in the image of God, there is so much more to who you are than what is on the surface. And Satan will keep you from seeing your full potential and who you really are, and he'll lie to you every single time. I think you have either forgotten who you are or you never knew who you were. Because Satan just... He'll just play that tape over and over and over. But when you find out who you are, you can stand on that mountaintop and you'll be able to say, get get behind me, Satan. Not today, right? The trouble will come, but you'll be able to shield it off with the power and the authority of Jesus Christ in you that says, I have his power. I have his authority. Not today. We're gonna walk through this. Jesus is gonna yoke with you and some amazing things are gonna happen. Are Are you ready to hear who you are? Three people. All right, the rest of you, get ready. <coughs> get Buggle up. Get out your phone. You're going to want these scriptures. This is what the Bible, not Steve Morris, this is what the Bible says you are. In Christ, you are accepted. John 1.12, I am God's child. John 15.15, 15, as a disciple, I am a friend of Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1, I am justified. 1 Corinthians 6.17, I am united with the Lord and I am one with him in spirit. Thank you, the Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. Get behind me, Satan. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. I am a member of Christ's body, the church. Ephesians 1, 3, 8. I have been chosen by God and I am adopted as his child. Colossians 1, 13 through 14. I have been redeemed and I have been forgiven of all of my sins. Colossians 2, 9 through 10. I am complete in Christ because because he says I am. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. Whew. That is who you are. You believe it? But wait, there's more. In Christ, I am secure. Romans 8, 1 through 2, I am free from condemnations. Romans 8 and 28, I am assured that God works for my good in all circumstances. Get behind me, world. Romans 8, 31 through 39, I am free from any condemnation brought against me and I cannot be separated from the love of God. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22, I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. You have been anointed. Colossians 3, 1 through 4, I am hidden with Christ in God. They cannot see me, the evildoers. Philippians 1, 6, I am confident that God will complete the good work that he started in you and in me. Philippians 3, 20, I am a citizen of heaven. I may be here, but heaven is my home. 2 Timothy 1, 7, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. First, John 5, 18, I am born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. Can you believe it? Like that's what God says you are. You don't, I don't think you know it. You've been believing the lies 
of the world. You have settled to be the rusted car out in the desert instead of understanding these things. It's time to restore what God says you are and believe it and walk in some peace. As if that wasn't enough already. I am Christ. You are significant. John 15, 5. I am the branch of Jesus Christ, the true vine and the channel of his life. John 15, 16. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. Yes, you are the fruit bearer. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. I am God's temple in my body. He resides in me. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. I am a minister of reconciliation for God. You have the power to reconcile relationships. Ephesians 2.6, I am seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 2.10, I am God's workmanship, not an accident created in his image. Ephesians 3.12, I may approach God with freedom and with confidence. And Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whew. Okay, I'm done. Come on. I could go on. Like the Bible is full of who you are, but you settle for the junk car in the desert and say, I'm never going to measure up. I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. You are special, and God desires and is able to restore you and make you who he intended you to be if you'll just let go and say, Lord, I am yours. It's time for some of y'all to step up and just say, I'm done living who I think I am and I'm gonna start living what God says I am and I'm gonna take these scriptures and I'm gonna study them, I'm gonna read them, I'm gonna put them on index cards. I don't know what I'm gonna do with them, but I'm gonna do something because I'm tired of living what the world says I am or my spouse or my parents or my family or my friends. They, they don't have the authority to tell you who you are. All right, number two, we got to know where am I? Where am I? Well, where, where am I? Where are you? Who are you and where are you? Where, where, where are you? This is such an important part of restoring your identity. You're lost. You're lost. You don't know where you are in your walk. You don't know where you are. Well, I'm back to the handheld that y'all know I struggle. Where am I? I was talking with my sister yesterday, and it's funny sometimes anybody like to anybody like to lead the way? Anybody like to lead? It's okay. Leaders, come on. I like to lead the way. Come on, if I'm driving, I'm, I'm, I want to go. I want, I want to drive. All right, get out the way. I want to drive. I want to be. I want to be in charge, right? And so my sister and I were sitting there talking yesterday, and we're like, you know, she she started talking about the captain of the ship, you know, being in charge, and uh, 
And sometimes the problem is um, you got to learn how to row your own boat. You got to learn. You got to learn how to how to how to do do it by yourself. And sometimes uh, there's there's nobody around. And, and then she goes, "What what about this? You, you ever felt like the captain rowing his own boat who's lost at sea?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, never. Just you." We get lost. You, you get lost. Even those of you who like to be in charge and who like to lead the way, you get lost and you never want to admit it. We've got GPS now. It doesn't happen quite as often. But come on, sometimes it tells you to take this curve and you miss it because your mind's wandering and you're going straight and your passenger, okay, your spouse, they say, hey, where are you supposed to turn there? Oh, no, I'm going this way because I know it's shorter. Instead of just going, yeah, I missed that one. You got to know where you are. Are you a new Christian? Are you new in faith? Are are, are you seasoned? Uh, The scripture talks about about milk and food. How do you consume? Are, are, are Are you new in this? It's okay if you're new in this. I was 26 years old and brand new and sitting in a, in a, church pew in Panama City Beach, Florida. I didn't know. And I'm like, okay, I, I know I'm here, but I don't know what to do. If you're new, it's, it's okay to drink milk. It's okay. Look, Hebrews 5.13, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Look, you may be new. You, you may have I've, maybe maybe you grew up in the church in faith and, and you knew what it was like to live your parents' faith, but you don't know what it's like to have your own faith. And, and so you've got to realize, hey, this is where I am on this journey of life. This is all brand new to me. Serving on a crew, joining a group, sitting in a chair in a church, waking up on Sunday mornings and being here, it's new to me, and that's okay. Restoring at this point is about teaching and encouraging. You can do it. Like, I believe in you, and you need encouragers that are going to do it and teach you and tell you, no, no, that's not, that's not what the scriptures say. That's what the world is telling you, and it sounds confusing to you because it's not right, and can we commit to reading what the word says, and can we learn that's the restoring process because you're like, but I'm brand new. Yeah, but, but God created you in a certain way and the world has had its way on you and you're a rusted out car and you don't even know it yet, but you're brand new to the restoration phase. You need to be taught. You, you need to be hands open. You need to be, okay, what, what's the scripture say? You need to ask those questions. Hey, help me understand this. I saw this on the news and I, I don't understand what this means. Find someone that can, can teach you and can help you and can encourage you. And when you're looking for this person, uh, that person doesn't need to be older than you physically. You're looking at spiritual maturity, at spiritual age. So you may have an older person going to a younger, more spiritually mature person and say, hey, can you teach me? You want to learn? Learn from a younger person. You want to humble yourself? Learn from a younger person. It's not easy. But you have to submit yourself to go, okay, I'll hear you. Let's listen. Can you take, what's your perspective? What's your generation thinking and saying? If you came to Genesis last Sunday, you saw Reagan who presented a graph 
who for the first time in recorded history, at least 100 years, the church is in less attendance than it has been for decades. For the first time, Americans are claiming 47% are part of a church. First time, we're the minority in our communities. Where for decades upon decades upon decades, 70 years or so, it has been over 50% and hovering there. We got to know where we are. Do you realize as we start reacting and serving in our communities, we are serving a community that is becoming less and less and less Christian by the year? Where are we? So because we know where we are and we've learned who we are, our strategy to reach the lost people has to change. The church can't be how it used to be at Grandmama's church. Because it's just the way it is. Elder people, preference never won anyone to the gospel. It's the truth of the gospel. Right? Like, this is all free right here. You're not even in my notes. Like, the, Lord is just, the Lord is just speaking here. Like, where are we today? We're in a world that is broken and lost. Younger people are coming into the church to learn, and we have to teach. But at the same time, we have, we have to listen. Remember, you were born with intent to walk with Jesus. That's it. You were born to walk with him. But sin is in the world, and so you easily fall away, especially without Christian influence. Like you spend a couple weeks away from church, it's super easy not to come back, right? You get sick one week, and then the next week you're still tired from being sick, and by the third week you're like, well, I haven't been in two weeks. Nobody's texted. Let's just take a recovery week. And then we see you at Easter time. Same with groups. That's one of the risks we take in our strategy to do groups for a long period of time is taking a break because some of you will take the break and not come back. But if you submit to the restoration process, you see the value and you'll show up because you know where you are. On the other hand, some of you are not new Christians. Maybe you've backslidden, you've fallen away from Jesus. Uh, Hebrews 5.14, the next verse says, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. See, these people know the right from wrong. They're able to teach and rebuke and go, hey, time out. Uh, look, people don't like correction. For some reason in the church, we're like, oh, I would love to have an accountability partner. I who, who can I get to hold me accountable? Oh, you would be great. We're awesome friends. This is going to be great. I can hold you accountable. You can hold me accountable, right? And then the, the, the first time someone comes up and goes, hey, really, I think you ought to watch. Why are you judging me? Right? Why, why are you telling me all this stuff? No, you don't want an accountability partner. You want somebody to tell you how awesome you are. Right? Oh, you're amazing. You're, just, you're a model Christian. All right? 
The reality is none of us are. We're a mess, and we need to submit to accountability because that's where we are. We need to see, am I drinking the milk of faith, or am I eating the meat? Am Am I the teacher, or am I the student? Where am I on this journey of life? Look, we know that if you abandon the car in the elements or leave it in the barn for years, it will deteriorate. And some of you are living in the elements of the world but coming in here on Sundays, and the reality is you are deteriorating because you're sitting idle. Some of you have fallen away. Some of you are flirting with danger. Some of you are confused with who you are. It's time to take an account. It's time to listen to what the Lord is saying. It's time to evaluate where you are with your walk with Christ. Where am I? Ask him. Or what is it that I need to shed off to be more like you? What is it in my life that I need to stop doing so that I can learn to control my desire and my bodies and my body? What what habit am I doing that I'm not aware of? Ask your spouse in 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 an unheated moment, hey, what do I do that's annoying? Mm, That's a loaded question, right? Remember, we got good counselors, okay? What do, I, what do I do that, what do I do to other people that's annoying? What do I say that rubs people the wrong way? Ask them and then listen. And then when they tell you, all, your only response is, thank you for sharing that. That's it. That's it. That's it. Even if you vehemently disagree with it, right? Like, I do not do that, Right? I don't like the way you shut people down so quickly. I do not do that. You know? Come on, that's what we do. Stop yelling at me. All right, that's what we do. But you have to have somebody to tell you where you are. Have people in your life that can do this. Determine where you are and then act on it. Will you, will you act on it? Will you say thank you? And then will you just internalize and go, man, I didn't realize I did that. I didn't realize I didn't realize how many times I said this to you. I didn't, it's don't, I don't even, it doesn't even register. You ever said something to a family member and then they go, oh my gosh, why'd you say that? And then you're like, I did not, I said this. And then the whole rest of the family goes, uh-uh, no, you didn't, I heard it. And then you are set in your mind that no way, there's no way I said that. Until you start listening to people and then you go, wow, maybe a, Maybe I do. We all have these pieces and parts, and we need to determine where we are. And then number three and final, this is the question you have to ask yourself. Am I ready? Am I ready to be restored? Who am I? Where am I? And am I ready? Like, we're embarking this month on this journey, and these are three things that you have to ask yourself. You have to be real with yourself. Are are you ready for restoration? Are you ready to pull out of the desert? Are you ready to move that old car? You ready to hook up the mater to it, right? Tow, tow, tow that thing in into wherever, that radiator springs, right? Are you ready? Are you hungry? Are you hungry for change? Do you, do you even want to change? 
Some of you aren't ready. But I'm telling you, there's a time and there's a season for everything. And I'm not going to pressure you to make change that you're not ready to do. Maybe you need to sit out in that desert for a little bit longer. Maybe you need to suffer the consequences of your action. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're not ready. And if you're not ready, I don't want you to respond because you're, not, you're, not, you're faking it. But if you know who you are, you know where you are, and you're ready, God is available to you because there is a timing where he's going to work with you. You may be familiar with this scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There's a time for everything. And I want to read it to refresh it to you. And I want you to listen to each piece. And if it's new, soak it up. There's a time for everything and a season for everything under the sun. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up. That's close to me. A time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear down and a time to mend, a time to be silent. Come on, somebody. And a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Look, I never want any words that are spoken from this platform at Refuge Church to ever sound like it's the speaker's idea, whoever is teaching me. I personally only want to be a vessel used by God so the Spirit can work with you. Let's just be real. Some of you are not ready to be restored. And I want to tell those of you that are not ready for restoration, just keep sitting. Just come. You're welcome here. Welcome home. Sit. Rest. Listen. Your heart will start to change. Your friends will start to change. Your attitude will be different. You'll start to come alive like a flower. And other people will see it. Come on, I've seen so many of you start to bloom. Some miracle grow of the Savior of God have been poured on your life. And he is a much better restorer than any of us. God knows your timing. He knows when you're ready. You may be at Refuge Church today because you're ready to be restored. You may be at Refuge Church because you need to sit for a while so that the Lord can minister to you and then others can minister to you and then you can submit to restoring. This is why I trust him because he never fails. I never want you to move out of our conviction at Refuge Church but his conviction. If you move into the restoration bay, because of something that I've said or a person that you're spiritually being mentored by, it's only going to make a bigger mess and you're only going to grow frustrated with the process of our faith 
you'll start calling Christians hypocrite and you'll walk out and abandon your faith. Come on, this is how we have earned the name hypocrite, which, by the way, I'm a sinner, and so that makes me a hypocrite. Welcome, welcome hypocrites, right? To say one thing and do another. Come on, parents, you hypocrites. Right, if you clean your room, we'll go get ice cream. Right, what happened to the ice cream, Mom? We'll do it tomorrow, you hypocrite. So will you surrender to the Holy Spirit today? Will you give him your life? Will you give him your desires and your heart? Romans 8, 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is peace. Somebody needed to hear that today. And that's my wish for you. That's my prayer is that you'd be governed by the Holy Spirit and that he would guide you and that he would change you from the way that you used to be into who he wants you to be. What's keeping you back?